0: And than all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, old man Grognard here. Happy Saturday. Hope you're all doing well. And I was thinking about races of characters today and what you can allow and disallow in your games, which is practically anything. I like the standard races and that's usually where I leave it. I have yet to have a player walk up to me and say something like, "Oh, I want to play an intelligent horse or or something." Although I did have a player who wanted to play a ranger who was polymorphed into a kangaroo and I had to say no. I just did, <clears throat> you know. And because my thing about races is I don't really care for anything other than the core races elves, elves, dwarves, halflings, gnomes, half orcs, things like that. There are a couple of exceptions. I did like the Warforged from Eberron because I like the idea of playing a metal man. I just like the idea. But things in fifth, fourth, and fifth editions, stuff like Tieflings and Dragonborn, I just get the feeling that the players are trying to get away with something. Uh, just, they're trying to—they're trying to get the edge. I mean, in the old days, it used to be the guy who played the half-orc because he, he wanted the big, the big strong guy, and he didn't care if nobody liked him. That shows you the, usually the way that went. But uh, these these are you know with great power in the later editions comes these kind of guys and I'm sure fourth and fifth edition have ways of handling this because that just to me also seems emblematic of the power creep and that happened in the later editions you know you've got if you're going to have something big and tough then you're going to have a world that's bigger and tougher than he is with no reason really but I don't know they're they're popular but I don't really I don't really care for them and but I do have a few exceptions you know there are a few exceptions out there usually from other supplements other places that I've used as campaign worlds places that I use at campaign worlds now but there are exceptions and I'll tell you about them after this Okay, exceptions. I don't mind variations on a standard race or even monster for some, sometimes. I don't think that everything in the monster manual is playable. I don't care what, I don't care what Blue Holmes says. I don't think everything is, I'm not going to let somebody play a gelatinous cube as a player character or something like that. In fact, there was a, a gazetteer a Star Gazetteer for basic D&D. And most of the Gazetteers, it's like, you can play this now. That's where you've got dwarven dwarven clerics, where you can play goblins and gremlins and gnomes. I just got it for the gnome, basically. Top ballista. I just got it for the gnome. And I like the idea of sky gnomes. See, that's another way. I, I'm saying variations, because it. first of all, it added gnomes to basic D&D, which I was thankful and secondly, they were sky gnomes. They were guys who they worked on the, the flying machines. They liked those kind of things. And I like that kind of variation. Bluffside has the steam gnomes. I love steam gnomes. They're the, they're, they're the, the mad inventors. They're the Doc Browns. They're, you know, they're the guys who are going to try these contraptions. Because as I've said before, my world has kind of got steampunk in it. I allow air rifles. I allow steam cannons. And it's just a lot more fun that way. And it doesn't—it doesn't. See, my thing about everybody saying, "Oh, you don't want to put black powder, weapons, or anything like that in there," and it's part of it. A lot of it is because they're afraid this kind of clockwork or steam technology is going to throw shade, or even black powder, throw shade on the magic users. And I don't think it. I think they can both exist. Now, you've heard me talk about this before. I think they can both exist, but I like variation races. I like steam gnomes. I like Warforged. Warforged is a big exception because it's not based on anything else. I mean, in in D and D, I'm not talking about literary. There may be liter. There are probably literary and anime incidents to this, but antecedents. But you don't, you know, you don't see this in D and D. So that was a big exception, although that's in 3rd edition, so I'd have to do some conversion if I wanted to use that. And right now I'm in the Midderlands, and they've got with one monster in the best area called the Hook-Nosed Wart Goblin, who gets along real well with people. Ugly as sin, but they do have a personality, and I can tell Glenn, the main author of the Midderlands is really kind of fond of him because he actually came his latest book, The City of Great London, which I'm reading right now, he he actually made a a NPC of one of them. And this group of NPCs he gives you to play with or use or however you want to use it. One of them's a hook nosed wart goblin. He went out adventuring. And I read it and I thought the personality was great. I don't mind letting it into my game. Not at all. I think it's a great addition to that kind of over, over. I can't pronounce that word. O v u r e, ovois or over, over, over. Um uh, But no, I don't know what that. I can't pronounce that word. But it's it's a nice addition to the game. And once again, it's a variation on a goblin, and there are other a few other goblins in there that are also person. You know, they have they interact with humans and they person. Or, Personalities and things like that, but I probably won't let anybody play them. But I'd let them somebody play a hooknosed warp goblin if they wanted to, because they're and also the critters they play got to be kind of common. I mean, as far as like they got to be able to interact with humans or semi interact with humans, because a lot of people you know places don't like half orcs and things like that, so they have to deal with that the prejudice. But at the same time, if they're going to deal with the humans or deal with this whole adventuring thing—they're going to have to deal with it. So there's that. So that's the way I feel about adding other races. If I'll give you some advice—if you're going to add the race, first of all, isn't there something in your campaign world already like that? First of all, you got to check that, because some player comes up, "I don't want to play this," you know. And is the is the race really playable? You really got to look at it with that eye. Is it playable without having to gimp it too much or at all, or nerf it? Because if you get a nerf, if you have to tweak and nerf something too much, it's not worth playing. You know, I wouldn't let anybody play, even a young dragon. I mean, I probably that's probably why they got Dragonborn in the later editions. Because they came up with rules on how this is a separate race and things like that. If somebody comes out and, oh, I want to play a really young dragon. Uh, You look at the stats and go, well, he's not going to be able to do much of anything until much, 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 much later. And it's really not worth me converting it over to that. If you look at the supplement top list, there's all sorts of, from, from that to the flying monkey characters, I can't remember what they were, to... Leprechauns and sprites and things, and they and and even tall tales of the wee folk have like all that in there too, and some of the ways they jimp them, I'm going like, yeah, but are you really playing a character the way it's supposed to be, you know, portrayed? So you got to look at that too. But you know, if somebody comes up with something like that, you know, my red flag goes up. I look at it and I go, okay, hmm. yes or no, yes or no. And if it falls within certain parameters that I mentioned, is it playable? First, do you, do you have to gimp it? And can they interact with humans? Then I would probably give it a provisional okay to see how it works. Hell, if it's a success, I may even add that race to my game. I don't know, but those are the kind of cautions you got to take. Anyway. I'm going to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized so as little as 99 cents a month you can, you can help support this program. And I would thank you. And thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, and Daniel for supporting me. I appreciate it. And don't forget about Mark C. Wallring's podcast, The Yawning Out There. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.